So welcome everyone. We're doing Facebook Live. We're doing an autograph session right now with Gracie Trotter and Brooke Store. So here at the PRI show in Indianapolis, make sure you come by and get a hat, get an autograph, come right on up while we're talking. We're going to do this Facebook Live and interview these girls a little bit, and then they're going to be here, <coughs> excuse me, for a few minutes signing autographs. So um, just as I always say, I met these gals on Facebook. They're the, they're the age that, you know, social media is where it's at. That's how they meet their, their friends and how we stay in touch with their racing and what they're doing. So um, we're going to start, and I'm just going to ask you, you guys can look at the camera because you're a lot prettier um, looking at the camera. So we're going to start with this racing. Why don't you tell the people how you got started in racing and, and what you bring a little bit about your racing. Thank you. 
Yeah. Well, you know, you've got to lean on your friends, right? So that's how that goes. So what's your favorite thing about being a race car driver? My favorite thing about being a race car driver is just driving. Just the feeling you get at the track, being at the track, uh, racing the race car. I mean, there's nothing better than that. You like the speed? Is that part of it? Yeah, the speed's nice.
So, Anna, tell us first, where are you from and how did you get started in racing? Yeah, I'm from uh, Minnesota, so I race out of Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, kind of in the Midwest. Um, my family's been racing for 82 years now, so I started with my grandpa out of Colorado. Um, I kind of was just transitioned into short generations and actually now four. So. That's, that's very cool, and that's a pretty typical story. Not maybe four generations, but it, it, it's pretty typical that somebody in your family raced yeah, to get you interested. Yep. So tell us, what do you race, and like, what did you start racing in, and what do you race now? Yeah, so I started go-karting, um, you know, when I was seven or eight was the first time I got in it. Um, and then right from there, I jumped right into a 360 wing sprint car, so it's it quite, quite a bit of difference. Um, so I, I race primarily now non-wing uh, up, in, up in the Minnesota area. So. And you travel the Midwest. Yep. So do you go to Knoxville? I haven't raced Knoxville yet. Yeah, but I, I mean, I've been a couple times crewing, but yeah, okay. it's, it's a dream. That's a dream, yeah. yeah. Love, to, love to see you race at Knoxville, so that would be Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, can you, do you want to share, like, some who your marketing partners are? Um, yeah. that started so that we give them some press. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, King Solutions, they're a 3PL logistics company out of uh, Dayton, Minnesota, uh, FVP. Motor parts, uh, rice creek building remodeling, NASA brothers trailer service, um, K1 race gear, uh, also reactor racing, and a couple other smaller rocking as well, helmets, um, Kaiser wheels, uh, yeah, Gillen Enterprises, Justice Brothers. They've been with us for you know, 30 years. Oh, yeah. So that's that's what it takes, and that's one of the things that what PRI is so good for oh, yeah. is the relationships you can start and the ones that you can continue to build. Oh, yeah, we can't do it without them. I mean, they get us on the track and, and without them, you know, we wouldn't be racing with people. Yeah, that's that's so true. And we just can't thank those people enough, really, can we? No. It's, it's hard to get sponsors, but once you get them and you provide what they need from you and they provide, it's a partnership that can last for 30 years, right? Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So what's your favorite thing about racing? Um, I think my favorite thing about racing is just just the competitiveness. Uh, I just when you're in a car, you know, it's just you in the car, so nothing else can touch you. Um, and it's just it. There's just not not a feeling like it. I mean, when you're when you're in there and you're strapped in, that's kind of my favorite place in the world to be. So when you were little and you were racing, and then you started racing faster cars. Yeah. How, how was your mom about that? She uh, she still can't watch. If you if you uh, ever see her at the track, she's usually underneath the stands peeking out. <laughs> Uh, I actually remember a time there was a a wreck and it was I was racing a red car at the time and it was another red car and they're like yeah it's it's the girl it's the girl she flipped my mom started running and actually hit some sort of I don't know I think a hit she got this huge bruise because she didn't know she got out there she's like oh so she lost back on her <laughs> she's funny she's you know she's been that way because my brother races too so and my dad races for 30 plus years and, and she's always been that way with any so it's pretty funny. Usually it is the mom that's under, underneath the stands, and it's usually the dad that's out on the, the starting line. Yeah, no matter girl or boy, that's oh, usually yeah. how it works. Yeah, he's usually the first one, you know, whenever I, whenever I wreck, he's the first one there somehow. You know, he can't run very fast, but somehow he gets there. You know, my, my granddaughter races, she's 16, and my son-in-law is a big guy, and when she had a bad wreck, I don't know. I said, Pop, I've never seen you run so fast. Yeah. I had no idea how he got to it. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's lightning fast speed if that's your kid out on the track, for yep. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you're, now you're a girl in, the, in a man's sport, we all know that, and uh, so, you know, what, 
most challenging, and then what's the most rewarding? I think for me, it's the fact that I want to be treated like, you know, everyone else out there. So if for a while they're like, you need that opening for, you need to be doing all that. It's like, no, nope, I want to be treated the same because when I'm out there, I want to be the same competitor. So for me, the, that was probably the, the biggest challenge. And just the fact that I think when you do pass people, they're a little bit harder, but it's that much more rewarding when you do win and when you do pass them. So it's a little bit of both. And probably the biggest rewarding thing, too, for me is just getting those emails from other girls when they're there at the track, getting them in the cars and, and showing them that, you know, you can do this and it's, and it's possible to compete against all the other males and, and everyone else. So what would be a piece of advice you would give uh, either a mom or a young gal that wants to get started in racing? What would you say to them? I would say, um, you know, it, it's possible. And, and you're, you can be just as competitive as any of the males out there. Um, and, and don't get discouraged. You know, keep going. Keep fighting. Um, you, you know, there's going to be ups and downs, and you're going to kind of get down on yourself about it, but you, you got to just keep fighting and keep going. Good advice. Don't don't let anybody squash your dreams, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, what are your goals for racing here on out? Um, obviously, you know, I'd like to continue building what we already have. We have a great program. Um, love to keep expanding that into you know 410. Hopefully, uh, maybe run with some of the USAC. Just 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 keep going. I mean, obviously, it's racing some of those bigger races like the Chili Bowl, um, Knoxville. Those are huge dreams. Good morning, everyone. This is my friend, Leah Howie. Leah is, um, as you can see, she looks a little nervous. She thinks I'm going to ask her something she's not going to know the answer to, which is not going to happen. But um, Leah's a race car driver, and she sure doesn't look it, does she? She's young. She's cute. She's not a very big girl. How does somebody like that become a race car driver? So, Leah, what got you interested in motorsports? Well, one, my grandpa started it and kind of got the whole family into it with um him driving and then my grandma driving and I used to work on the car like washing it every time we come home and my grandma got into it and I really really wanted to do it because I thought if she could do it I could do it mm -hmm. that's how it all started basically and how long ago was that oh, years ago You're, 
Oh, years ago. And how old are you right now? 14. 14. So when you were maybe six, we're going to guess, or somewhere in that neighborhood. So she's been a part of a racing family, obviously, as so many other young girls have, and that's how they get the bug for racing. So you've been racing. Is this like your, is this going to be your second full-time year or third full-time year? Third full-time full year. And so tell us about your car. What do you race? Where do you race? That kind of thing. Well, I race with the Midwest Compact Touring Series, so it's basically all over. But uh, we have a new car. It's a Honda. I don't remember what kind of car it is. It's a Honda. It's a, it's a front-wheel drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, basically we race everywhere. And... Yeah. yeah. And how many girls typically are in the Compact Series? Well, it was me... And Kelly. Kelly and Faith. But Faith moved up, and I don't think Kelly's doing full-time this Right. So we need some gals to get started with the Midwest Compact Touring Series, which you can find them on Facebook. Um, it's a great series. A couple buddies of mine run that series, so we'll give them some shout-out um, to get some gals in that series. But even if not, um, Leah's going to be there. Tell us about your season last year. Did you have any successes, and how did your season end? Well, at first it was kind of iffy because we went to Sandusky and didn't really know much about the car because it was a brand new car and had trouble with the slap shift, but then we started to get used to it, changing tire pressure, doing everything like that, stagger, stuff like that, and then it got better. I, With the season, I got two heat wins, one at Owasso and then one at New Paris. And Were those your first heat wins? No, I have another one at M40. Okay. All right, and how did you finish the season? Um, I think second rookie north, first rookie east. I think it was fifth in east points. He was like 11th or 12th in national points, and then third in the northern points. So you had a lot of success last year, really. One of it was consistency. I know you raced pretty much every race that you could. I don't know that you even missed any. And so, you know, some rookie honors. She won some heat races. The year prior to that was not quite as successful, but you were learning. You were, it was the first time you were driving. It, it feels like you're going so fast when you're out there on the racetrack until you see all the cars pass you, right? And then you're like... Back at the videos, it's just like, man, I was going slow. Right, but it feels fast when you're out there. So uh, you've learned a lot between your first year and this last year. A lot of it too, like being able to do an interview, that's all part of being a race car driver, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. To promote yourself and get yourself out there and try to get sponsors and just like meet new people and know who the people are at the track and give them recognition for the staff and photographers and all that. Yeah, exactly right. So do you have any marketing partners? I have Arnie Painting and then Wild Boys Racing, Jonathan Farms, Long, and then we have a little like miscellaneous kind of stuff, you know, like people that will help us out with oil and right. And then people that will sponsor tires and stuff. But we are looking for more sponsors this year. To yeah. Because you're traveling and that's not cheap as well, even though some of the races aren't very far, it still costs you money to go and so um, 
Leah would be a great young woman to, to become a partner with. Where, where do you live, Leah? Elkhart, Indiana. So Elkhart, Indiana. So if you're down in that area, um, check out Leah Howie. She's, she's a great little race car driver. She's improved so much in just one year. I can't wait to see what she's going to do this year. She's going to blow some of those boys away in the Midwest Compact Touring Series. I know that for sure. And, uh, you know, she's not picky. She'll take... A little bit of money she'll take whatever you can offer to help her um, advance her career in racing so Leah any last thoughts that you want to share on the video um, go like my Facebook page at Howie Racing and um, we do have a poll out there right now for um, best looking car and I made it to round I think it's three or round four maybe okay know, but that's all all right very good well thanks for being here we're at PRI we're on the tail end of the, these last three days. Leah can attest, it's a lot of walking, it's a lot of standing, and it's a lot of talking, right? But it's been a fun time. So um, check Leah out at Leah Howie, at Howie Racing or Leah Howie Racing. Howie. Howie Racing and follow her. And if you're in the Elkhart, Indiana area, I, I encourage you to reach out to her or her grandpa and help this young woman continue her race career. So thank you, Leah. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you in 2020. So it's hour two of the autograph session at the International Women's Motorsports Association booth. And I have two beautiful blondes right here that are going to be doing autographs right now. So Tori Knudsen, Brittany Zamora are here, and we're going to hear their story, and then you guys can stop by if you're at PRI and get autographs from these guys. And um, so we're just going to start. So, Tori, we're going to start with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you got started in racing? I'm from Monticello, Minnesota. Uh, so this weather here in Indiana is tropical for us right now. Um, I got started racing in go-karts when I was four years old. Uh, but I had been going to the track ever since I was six months old to watch my dad race modifieds. Um, I started in go-karts, and then I moved my way up to the full-size sprint cars with the mini sprint, the micro sprint. And then I started in the 305 sprint car, the 360, and now we're racing with the 410 guys. Awesome. And then, Brittany, tell us about what you do, where you're from, and what kind of racing do you do? How'd you get started? Yeah, so I also started when I was four years old in go-karts. Um, I grew up watching my dad the race track at Tri-City Raceway doing the Northwest Tours and Super Late Models. I started in go-karts and moved my way up to mini stocks, got into late models and then super late models. And this past season, I was in the NASCAR Canon West Pro Series. Exactly. So I've been watching both of these girls for a little while and kind of following their career. They didn't know I was stalking them, but, you know, uh, in a good way I was. So, Brittany, um, tell me what's your favorite thing about driving a race car? Oh, I feel like for me, it just, like, it comes natural. Like, I love it. It's, I feel like I'm at home when I'm strapped in the car on the racetrack, and it gives you an adrenaline rush that nothing else gives me. It's just, it's thrill. That's true. Tori, what about um, you? I definitely agree with everything Brittany said. Um, I love the challenge of it all, and I love that, um, kind of that you're on your own and you don't really, at least in the sprint car, we don't really have anybody talking in our ears. So it's kind of uh, decisions on the fly and just hoping that it works out. And um, yeah, everything just combined together is a huge challenge, which can be really frustrating at times, mm -hmm. but um, it's also it's also a lot of fun. And there's a lot of satisfaction when things go right. Yeah, because it, you know that you haven't had somebody telling you what to do, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Same thing when things go wrong, I'm sure, but. Um, yeah. 
but it's it's uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing to learn that independence. Yeah. It carries over to a lot of other parts of your it life, really, I'm yeah, sure. It really does. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Brittany, tell us a little bit about where do you race? Yeah, so I'm from the West Coast, and so I primarily race in like Washington, Oregon, Idaho, um, California. Um, there's a ton of tracks out there. I do only um, asphalt. I did one dirt race this year in the Canyon Series, but I primarily do asphalt. And this year, I was lucky enough to get a chance to travel all over the country. I got to go to like Bristol and Phoenix, and I mean, there's just New Hampshire. There's a ton of new tracks that were new to me and that were fun to get on. You know, those mile tracks and make my way up through the race. Yeah, good experience, isn't it, to do that? Absolutely. And and Tori, how about you? Uh, so I race mostly in the Midwest around Minnesota. We go to um, Grand Forks, Fargo, uh, Knoxville, Iowa, um, a lot into Wisconsin. And there's actually only there's only one track in Minnesota that we actually get to go to in Jackson. Um, and next year we'll be racing at Knoxville Raceway full time in Iowa. So that'll be really fun. And then we'll still do a couple of like the World of Outlaw and All-Star Specials um, at like Cedar Lake, Speedway in Iowa and um, Grand Forks and uh, Fargo as well. So are you going to be moving to Iowa then? <laughs> if it was up to me, I would love to. But um, my whole team is pretty much my, my whole family. And they're in Minnesota with my race car as well. So it's going to be a lot of traveling. But it's Knoxville's my favorite place in the world. So yeah. I would not be there. No, I, I know some people that live there and so I'm I'm thinking plus it's it's quite a bit warmer than what you're used to, even just going to Iowa, you yeah, know. Yeah, it is. I was just telling Brittany we get to start racing in April versus like June in Minnesota. Right. So that's really nice too. Yeah, it is. It's a longer season for sure. So if you had a mom or a little girl come up to you and say, you know, my little girl wants to wants to start racing. What would be some advice, Brittany? Oh man, that's tough. It kind of just depends on like the support you have behind. Like with me, I had my family supporting me since day one, mm -hmm. and so we never we like we like we're a girl. We're out here to help pave a pathway for females in the motorsports. But right. I also believe that I don't let it hold me back, and so I go out there and. I'm kind of like one of the guys around, you know, I'm racing with, I want to be racing with the best of the best, yeah. so that's why I'm out here doing what I'm doing, and I don't play in the factor of me being a girl, because it really doesn't affect my performance on track, and um, we're all racers, so we all go out there, and we want the same goal, that's winning. Right, that's for sure. Tori? Exactly, exactly what Brittany said as well, um, it's kind of just not taking no as an answer, and just making what you have, what you have to make work, and um, just, just doing it, finding a way. Um, that's really what it comes down to: is how, how determined you are to do something. Um, yeah, and it, same goes for whether you're, you're a little boy or a little girl. Is just never quitting, never, yeah. never giving up, and never settling too. Is yeah, never settling. That's that's a good piece of advice right there for sure. So let's get real. How many times have you had trouble with men or boys on the racetrack or off the racetrack as far as like, you know, how do they feel when they get beat or do they try to wreck you when you're out there or just so, Tori, start with you. Um, I've definitely had more problems when I was younger. It's, I think the women in the whole racing industry as a whole, um, it's become a lot more common and I feel like we don't stick out necessarily as much as 
about how it was when I was younger, like 10 years ago when I first got into my car. Um, but the amount of grown men that I've seen throw temper tantrums <laughs> because a 16-year-old girl um, does better than them is um, quite a few of them. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that also comes with racing is very, it can be a very emotional sport because there's so much passion and, like I said, determination. Um, so it's I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of that from all groups of people. Um, yeah, it's um, sometimes it's a struggle to be taken seriously. Um, yeah, a lot of people. I get a lot of comments saying that you don't look like the racing type. You look like the Barbie type. Um, and it's just kind of making it known that whether whether because I mean I lo I love makeup. I love shopping and getting my nails done. Um, but I also love wrenching on a car and mm -hmm. going fast and being competitive too. And it's just being open-minded enough that you can do both. Right. Absolutely. How about you, Brittany? Yeah. So when I grew up doing go karts, there's actually a few of us, and so it was it's normalized. You know, they don't think twice about it. We go out there and we compete. And it was fun. like the guys enjoyed racing with us as much as they enjoyed racing with the guys. Um, actually, my first year in stock cars was probably my like worst experience. Um, I was 14 years old. I went out on rookie of the year, the championship. I had the wins, had the track records, and that was the first time I really like experienced these grown men kind of yeah getting that frustration. And they've spent years and years and years in these cars, and then we kind of come in and we're doing the same, if not better, as them. So that was kind of the first time I had that experience of like the whole guy versus girl deal. But luckily, getting into the super late models and getting into the NASCAR world, it's it's all accepted now. And so we're just yeah. another racer, and we go out there. And yeah, because you've you've had quite a bit of success. I know I followed you, and and I always wondered, you know, yeah, you come in and you kind of sweep the field, and they're like, who the is this girl, <laughs> you know? But um, that's just part of it. You know, they they need to, to suck it up and do whatever they need to do to try to beat you. So that's that's the way it goes. So any last words for the Facebook Live? And then we're going to be doing some autographs here. So, Tori, anything else you'd like to share? Um, How can people follow you to follow your racing? Yeah, so it's uh, Tornado Tori Racing on Facebook and then Tornado, just at Tornado Tori 14 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very active on social media, so uh, I, if you have any questions or want to contact me in any way, you can send me a direct message, and I respond as soon as I can to everybody. Okay, awesome. Brittany? Yeah, so uh, I'm on um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff, and it's Brittany's More or Brittany's More Racing. And same as well, I try to be um, super active on it, keep the sponsors out there, let everybody kind of know what my plans are, how I'm running, and stuff like that. So there's constant updates on there. And um, also, if you guys aren't doing anything or if you're here at the PRI show, come on out and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, ladies, for being here with us. We're going to, like I said, autographs are coming up next. And then I'm sure you'll be around the rest of today and probably tomorrow. So if anybody sees you walking around, they can stop and say hi and good luck. All right. Thanks, girls. So it's 11 o'clock. We're still at PRI. Today's our big autograph day. And these are two of my very favorite people. Not that they aren't all favorites. I love all the women. But um, these are two of my favorites. So we got Jeanette with Car Chicks. We've got Georgina. She's a drag racer. So there, there's her card. There's Jeanette. So I met Jeanette in person a couple of years ago. I was here 
for PRI. I had just started the IWMA. I didn't even have business cards yet. I went to a seminar and a lady I talked to said, hey, you need to meet Jeanette. She runs Car Chicks. I think you girls would have a lot in common, etc. Girl, she's a girl. I'm an old lady. Anyway, so um, so we did just briefly meet. I really didn't know anything about Jeanette or Car Chicks at the time, but I did my research and I found out that she's just as passionate about women in racing as I am. And um, she had a head start on me, but that's okay. We've uh, we've been at several events now together. And we've gotten to be what I call, I think, good friends. We help each other. We share each other's information uh, through social media because I want her to grow. I want her to have big events and women to get opportunities through what she's doing. She does the same for me. So it's a partnership, right? Absolutely. And women supporting other, you know, other women and uh, just supporting each other in general. This stuff is not easy. And so if you meet some great people along the way that you can actually share this passion with and make this journey work together, um, it's going to be that much easier. And in my, like, you know, in, in my eyes, I mean, we're not, we're not competitors. We have the same mission and we're both trying to accomplish the same thing and the same goals. And if we can impact more people by working together collectively, mm-hmm. I think ultimately that's the mission anyway. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, a, it's an honor to have met you. And I think that um, I'm a better person and Carchick's a better organization for it. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I Just the help and the connections has really helped me a lot. So that's been great. And Georgina met her. We've had her on our podcast, and we went and watched her race last year. She and Leah Oaks, Leah's going to be here later, um, did a, a what, what did you what did you call it? It was called Carchick's Grudge Match. Right, Carchick's Grudge Match at the NHRA National Event at Round 66 Joliet last summer. Woo! Yeah, so that was cool because now let's tell them why why was that such a cool event because it had not been done before. It's never been done before. So, Car Chicks, we are celebrating year 10. We've been celebrating our, uh, <laughs> celebrating and promoting women in motorsports and automotive industry for 10 years. So, to be contacted by the, for the NHRA to even know who you are. Right. In my book yeah. was like, tyranny. Yeah, it was huge. I'm like, this is who? I'm like, this is a prank. Like, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. But no, so to, for one, for them to even recognize us as an organization was pretty amazing. And then to have the special invite to race on, race on like the biggest stage that you could ever get to in drag racing. I mean, I don't yeah. think there's anything much bigger than a national event. No, there isn't anything much bigger than a national event. And I've raced at Juliet before. I've always said coming out from underneath the tower is an amazing thing. But when you add that, that you're pulling out right behind John Horses crew. Uh, Coughlin. I mean, that even was more amazing. To be in the staging lanes with them, with your car, I mean, come on, hello. It, 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 was, it was phenomenal. I mean, I can't, words can't even express it. And then for me, honestly, I mean, being there was, was awesome, but the best part was my Bob Tasca interaction. They were pushing me up to the staging lanes. I hear some guy talking to my husband on the golf cart. And I'm like, oh boy, you know, here we go. Guy's like, great car, great car. My husband's like, don't tell me, go tell her. Guy comes up, on a little moped, and he's got a, a New England accent. He's like, hey, I want to tell you, I love your car. It's a beautiful car. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Holy mother of God. It was Bob Tasker. I mean, come on. He's Mr. Ford himself, right? I'm surprised you could even drive after that, you know? Um, well, we had a little downtime in the staging lane, so it, it okay. allowed me to, like, 
breathe. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that like, you and Leah are going to remember for the rest oh. of you, Leah, the husbands, the crew, the family, yeah. all the people that like you know shared and liked and supported the whole event page about what was happening at the NHRA Nationals. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to remember that Absolutely. forever. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. forever. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It was great. It was awesome. And did you win? I did win. Yeah. We're not going to ask Leah that question. Okay. Oh. Well, I mean, it's okay if you do. Like, it's well, okay. <laughs> we, we, yeah, I mean, hey, you know, that's part of racing. Things was, happen. Yeah. There was, uh, from what I understand, she had a, um, yeah, issue, like, losing up her car. It's a terrible car. So, yeah. you know, that's, again, it's part of racing. Those kinds of things happen. There could be, you know, little electrical uh, misfunctions or whatnot. But I tell you what, so we get down to the, so she's already won, went to the finish line. I jump in the uh, in the truck with the NHRA Route 66 crew. We get down there, and I was like, I was like, well, what is this, guys? I'm like, this isn't how they do it on TV. And I was like, where's the mellow yellow? We're like, yeah, we're it all up. We're throwing it up. It was awesome. It was not it awesome. Was, I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> I, it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. You always see it on TV. Yeah. The after was not oh, awesome yeah. because I had mellow yellow cake in my hair. Oh. And anybody who knows if you're staying in an RV. That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Joliet has a pond. I was tempted to go jump in the pond. You did not. I did not. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to. But not only was, was I coated, my golf cart was coated, oh. my car got coated. You, know, you missed all that. But it was still, was it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. So we're very incredibly thankful. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And so are we doing that again? You know, what's interesting is that I, can't, I cannot confirm nor deny but at this point, I do have uh, some meetings scheduled within the next week after PRI uh, to talk about possibilities in 2020 and moving forward. So stay tuned. Good, safe. good. Yeah, and I absolutely want to do a rematch with Leah um, because while I did win, it wasn't the way I wanted to win. And I, I mean, when you guys got up there, I was, I was almost in tears. I'm like, did I screw her up? I mean, I knew she got timed out, and I was worried about it. And I did ask NHRA if we could rerun, and it's no time, time. Yeah, so, and what happens, like, when she was trying, like, she was having issues boosting it, and I'll let her tell the story, but I think what happens is that when she was having issues boosting the turbo, I think there's a seven-second um, There is. Once you get in the first, competitors get in the first beam. Yeah. You get it. I was in the second beam. She's got six seconds to bump in. She, unfortunately, she wasn't able, and I could hear her trying. Right. And had this been anything but an NHRA event, I probably would have backed out of the beams so they could figure it out. But I know the way it's pretty NHRA animal. works, right? Yeah. NHRA, if I would have backed out, I would have been disqualified. She would have gotten one. Right. So, awesome so. time. No matter what. <coughs> yeah. It was like the coolest week of my life. Yeah. 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 Cool. It was cool to be there and see you guys and watch it and just feel like you were a part of it just yeah. because yeah. you kind of knew about it. And right. And thank you for coming out and supporting I remember, so when this all started happening, like this, like, I mean, it was only announced like a couple weeks before the actual event, but this has been a work in progress for several months, and it was part of a larger picture of things. And sometimes not, we can't get every uh, part of the wheel moving at the same time when it needs to be moving to make things like this happen. But I remember reaching out to you. You are one of the first people I reached out to. I'm like, look, I can't tell you what's happening, but something is happening. Just be ready for it. I'm going to yep. let you know, you know. And so, again, that teamwork aspect. and um, We had you on uh, the podcast, and, yes. and you told about it and released about what was happening. And we shared, 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 because yeah. that's what we do. We help each other. And so 
you know, and a lot of people, they, they want to know, like, how they can help different organizations, like, you know, Car Chicks, International Women of Motorsports Association, you know, your friend's race team, and you don't have any money or anything like that. The, the liking and sharing of social media oh, goes so It does. And, I mean, especially nowadays with the, the algorithm, especially Facebook, apparently Facebook's for old people. That's what, that was the... Well, hello, I, I guess I'm there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, the liking and the sharing of posts, taking people and like you know, uh, helping. Grow, that's how people grow, yeah. and we can yeah. brand awareness, yeah. and we can help each other. Because if you share on your page, you don't know if there's someone that you're friends with that right. can benefit gonna... from knowing one of us. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So if you're watching this, from there. yeah. If you're watching, you should like me sharing it right now. Yeah. So and we can tell when you do it too. Just right. We can. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> no. So um, we're going to, Georgina, why don't you tell me a little bit about your, your story, like how long you've been racing and, and what's your favorite part about it? So I have been racing. I've actually been driving for 10 years. I've uh, been doing this over, over 20 years, like 25, 26 years with my husband. Um, I took over driving in 2009 and never looked back. Um, there's so many facets about it that, that I love that it just all, it all comes together, works together. I, I love sitting in the car, I love being in the car, I love driving the car. But I also love being able to spend that time with my husband, because we do it together as a team. We may, we may not always agree, but we're spending that time together. Say it isn't so. Say it isn't so. And then, the other thing is, you know, it's the people you get to meet while you're doing it, the people you get to hang out with, the people who come out to support you, um, and your fellow racers. It just, it makes the whole picture. Yeah, it totally does. And at the end of the day, win, lose, or draw, it's about the people, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I totally I, agree. I mean, our goal is to go out. We want to do the best we can, but we want to have, we're there to have a good time. Right. And the minute we're not having a good time, we know we're done. Yeah, that's right. That's right, for sure. So, Jeanette, Car Chicks, 10 years. 10, 10, yes. You, 10 you started when you were eight. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wish. I wish. I mean, It is. To some people, and I say, like, if you're mid, you're, you know, 35, that's it, that's mid. You know, maybe like 36, 37, I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when I Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, about, you know, 10 years ago, early 20s, I was in college, um, and Cartridge just started off as a website to, I work at Great Lakes Dragway, and, like, that's in Wisconsin, right? It gets cold in Wisconsin. You're in Michigan, same same thing. I'm yep. outside Chicago now. And so, uh, Cartridge was actually started as, like, a forum website for me and a couple of local gals to keep in touch with each other over this horrible thing that we call winter, which is, like, life. It is. Yes, yeah. It's horrible. Life. Um, and, uh, you know, share some pictures of our builds and cars and things like that. And within the first couple of days, the website crashed. There's so much traffic going to it. So they ended up having to relaunch the website, version 2.0. Um, it was still a forum at this time, but women from all over the world started going on this forum and commenting and sharing their stories. And um, honestly, like in the beginning, our demographics, it was only 25% women and 75% men. So a lot of the guys were there on board supporting us from day one. And I think that's when we started to see this big transition with women in motorsports. And it was on this huge rise. Mm -hmm. And so I think we got we got in you know, early when 
because I remember trying to find stuff to write about, and I, you, we'd have to go back into like the archives because one of the first articles I wrote was about Erica Enders, and the picture I used for her in this article, she looks like she's like 13 years old or something, but it was an up and coming thing. There was not a lot of information no. out there. And fast forward 10 years now, later, I mean, the things that women are have achieved and still are achieving is amazing. The different organizations, like my organization, your organization, yeah. um, the different clubs and things are out there. There's so many resources now. So when people ask, does, did your, you know, did you guys make an impact? Absolutely. Right. I think that we also contributed to this huge movement that happened, and that's still here today. And so now I think we need to start having a conversation like, okay, now that we're here, now what do we do? Right. You know, what are the next steps? And so I think that um, these are conversations we need to start having. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, Card Chicks was one of the first organizations I found when I started this, and it was like, okay, I didn't know really what you did. I researched you and to see more about you, and I was like, okay, we can partner together, and I felt that right away. But you don't always know how the other person's going to feel. Right. You know, I was thinking, oh, maybe she'll think this is a competition, right. where really it's not. I cover every kind of motorsport, and you really cover most, you know, you do cover, but the drag, drag racing is just... I've learned so much from you about I love drag the women and the and the and that, and so I've really learned a lot about that from you. So that's been really Thank cool. You. Yeah. Thank you. And you know, and let's talk about that competitor thing at first. And so I've always, every now and then, someone will ask me, "Well, don't you think that this this like not, not necessarily your organization, or maybe like with one of my like another company I own, um, you know, aren't you worried about your competitors?" Absolutely, no, I'm not. I'm not. I I, I think, in my opinion, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Um, doesn't mean that I'm not hungry. I tell you, I tell you that I'm gonna go out there and yeah. you know, make it happen. And as a business owner, that's what you have to do. Right. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I'm not gonna be worried about my competitors. I'm just gonna worry about what my next goal is and where we're going. Yeah. If you spend time worrying about them, then you're not focused on your business. No, exactly. I don't have time for that. I don't either. There you go. No. I just know that if I share something or if I put something out, she's probably gonna be one of the first ones that shares it. Yeah. Right. And I do the same for her. It's like. It's a no-brainer. You just do it, you know? And as long as I see So I get people ask, how come... Did, like, I just found out my cousin seven and a half months pregnant. And she's like, how come you didn't know this? You didn't see it on Facebook. I'm like, man, I have 5,000 friends and all these different... And sometimes, like, if people don't tag me or alert me, I don't see it. And right. Especially the algorithms. So, uh, sorry, Amelia, I do love you. I will be at the baby shower. And I will be bringing that baby's first race car t-shirt. There you go. So. Yeah, promises for that, for sure. Yeah. So what's what's happening in 2020 with you, Georgina? Where are you going to be racing and um, what are well, your plans? So Ultra Street, that's what we're going to focus on for me. We finally got my car figured out. Um, if you anybody happen to watch the live feed in Georgia, I think you saw that. No mercy. Woo. So yeah, we went out first round, but we, we got the car figured out. I mean, I carried the wheels out to what, the 300 foot mark, I think it was. Awesome. But we got the car working now. So I feel I can be competitive now, so we're going to focus on Ultra Street for me. And then again, we also have my husband's car. So you know, you? we're going to have two cars out and probably do the no time stuff with this car. So I'm excited. I want to run an MCA, do the Extreme Street, and then whatever Ultra Street classes I can. Okay. All right, maybe the Pro X275. Pro 275, yeah. Dave's car, possibly. Yeah, yeah. small tire drag radio stuff and um, just being down in Georgia. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was our first time down there. Uh, you hear the stories, right? 
And I mean, the weather wasn't the best. So that kind of hampered things. I mean, it, it definitely messed up the schedule, but it is what it is, right? Right. That's one thing we can't do anything about. Right. But it was still a phenomenal experience, and I'm glad it went. Um, we're already making plans to go, but not for Lights Out. There'll be no mercy. Just Lights Out just won't work for us. Yeah. We're located and our rate yeah. and everything, but woe is me, right? So, but um, yeah, I. So how can people follow you and see where you're going to be racing? So we have our Facebook page, which is Buckley Motorsports, um, or myself. I have my own Facebook page, which is Georgina Buckley, so they can go there. Um, we do have a website link, but it just it directs you right back to Facebook. Okay. All right. I'm not very tech savvy. I know. You got a good friend that is, though. <laughs> you know, if you need a web, I know someone that does Yeah, I do. I do, too. I could recommend somebody. Yeah. We'll talk so, about yeah. What's going to happen for car chicks in 2020? So, um, I'll tell you what, we are almost like our, our schedule for the summer is pretty much starting to fill up. Um, I have events that we used to do, we used to only do events from like May until August. Now, I'm I'm leaving the second week in January for a month to head south. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be down, nice uh, we plan on hitting up Bradenton, but we'll be at Lights Out 11, uh, Duck X and Fox, Fox X Productions, which is the biggest small tire drag radio race in the world. Um, which is fantastic. If you've never been there, it's definitely a bucket list race event. Absolutely. Um, and then we'll be at, you know, Race and Performance Expo, and then there's a couple other events that are more in the southern swing in the early winter stages that we have. And then it's every weekend. So I think this year I did about 40 events. Um, we did six hard chicks, ladies only drag races. Yeah. And in between those drag race events, then we will come with the Kurt Chicks trailer and be uh, um, like supporting another event and then also being there promoting our upcoming series. So right now I have five ladies only drag races booked for 2020. We have not announced the dates yet. We will. Uh, usually we have our schedule printed out in time for race and performance expo, which takes place the weekend after Valentine's Day in Schaumburg, Illinois. I, you, you're probably going to be there. Um, but yeah, so slowly start seeing our schedule starting to get published, but definitely time by February. Yeah. So, I yeah. every weekend I was like, where the heck is she now? And she's like moving and you yeah. sold your camper. I, well, <laughs> I sold the camper, but I bought another one. I figured yeah. as much, yeah. Well, there, we have these, uh, we have these weird Illinois tax laws taken in effect January 1st. And so financially it was a smart, um, business decision. Good old Illinois. They need that yeah. tax money. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, uh, 2020 is looking awesome, and it's a lot of work. Doing this is a lot of work. Everyone's like, well, it must be so cool you're just at a different racetrack every weekend. Well, I tell you what, I come home, I have 24 hours to turn it around. I have 24 hours to dump and refill an RV, load up my trailer, and still do, like, I, you know, I do have a life. Like, I like I have a house. I have pets. A dog. I, yeah, I mean, I have, I have a fiancé, um, so there's other things that I need to take care of. Yeah, you got to keep ordering to restock your camp, you know. Know, your trailer right, and stuff right. when do you do that at midnight you know so, so it's it's a I've lot gotten, of work i've gotten a little crazy about um really valuing the time time you can't get time back right right so when i'm at home for less than 24 hours i'm not wasting any time at walmart i'm not waiting in lines and i'm sorry i'm i'm amazon amazon prime toilet paper to my house and i don't yeah exactly <laughs> no i mean that's 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 just how things are nowadays right. for people you know right. so that's that's true any any last thoughts or anything you want to share um 
you're down at PRI, come to the International Women in Motorsports yeah. Association's booth, booth Absolutely. number 7199, located across from the Pit Stop Cafe, where the food station is. Um, I, I'm speaking tomorrow with the Racing Junk at 8 a.m., so you can check that out on the PRI website. Otherwise, go to cartchips.com, C-A-R-C-H-I-X.com. Uh, we write articles about women. We feature different news, different press releases. You have a cool calendar. We do. We have an amazing calendar. I know. I should have brought Yeah, because I wanted one. And where is it? So there you go. I'll bring it back. But yeah, go on uh, cartchips.com. You can check out our calendar. Also, if you visit um, gearofwoman.com, we are participating in a Women of Motorsports research study. And so we uh, we encourage you guys all to check that out. She'll have flyers here out on her table, and we'll be posting on social media probably next week. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. All right. Yeah. Okay. Support those that support you. That's right. Totally agree with that. So thanks. Thanks, friends, for being here and taking time out of your PRI you. to be here with me. And uh, let's make 2020 the best year so far. Let's do it. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you. So, Melinda Russell here at the International Women's Motorsports Association booth. We've been bombarding you today with Facebook Live, but we know they're very popular. And I want you to hear from these young women on, on their words and, and how they feel about racing and what they do. And so, Today at noon, our guests are Angel, Taylor, and Kelly, and they're going to tell you a little bit about themselves and what they race, how they got started racing. So we're going to start with you, Angel. Tell me, uh, you know, tell me who you are, where you race, and why you got started in racing. I feel like Kelly's my friend when 
Route 66 Speedway this year. I walked over and there she was, you know, and there were some other ladies there that I knew. And it was just like, I saw somebody that was my friend, it was Laurie's family, and that's just how you feel, isn't it? And you follow, you know, like I follow all these women and see their successes and their hard days, and I feel it for them, even when I'm in Kalamazoo and they're wherever they might be. So it, it's truly a family thing. So, um, what are the boys, how do the boys in the men treat that angel? So that's probably better because I've had some ladies share with me that the boys don't like it when they get beat by a girl. There's been a few. I can sit in my car and I'm low and I'm ready to see somebody walk by and they go, oh, that's a girl. And they just get all along. I'm like, yeah. Why does it matter? Yeah, why? Why does it matter? Exactly. Yeah. So, Taylor, what's been your experience? Do the men and boys accept you or how does that work? Yeah. Um, when I first started in go karts, I actually raced with quite a few girls, probably four or five other girls. Oh, hey, super I was like, okay, we put on my pants, and I 
in school 
Time is it? It's time for another interview session on Facebook Live. So I'm having a great time today. We have just had women back to back to back in our booth today. They're coming to do Facebook Lives with us. They brought their hero cards, so they'll autograph those for you. And if you can't get here when they're here, we've got a whole table full of the ones that have been here with us. So stop by and pick up your hero cards. These are amazing women. They're all ages. They come from all over the place. They, they race every kind of racing you can imagine. But the one thing they have in common is they're passionate about racing. They're trying to be successful in what's typically a man's sport. We're changing that, though, to where it's, it's not considered a man's sport anymore. So the, uh, the three lovely ladies I have right now are Taylor, Angie, and Lauren. And they're going to tell us a little bit about their story how they started racing, that kind of thing. So Lauren, let's start with you. Tell us where you're from and how did you get involved in racing? Um, I'm from Waukesha, Wisconsin, just a little west of Milwaukee. Um, I, this will be like my first year actually in competition. I've been on the road course for a couple of years, but I grew up with my dad racing my whole life, so it's kind of just in our family. 
All right. Angie, how about you? I am from Las Vegas, New Mexico, and I've been racing All right. And how about you, Taylor? I'm Taylor. I'm from Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, I started at New Summer Speedway racing four points. My dad kind of got me into the sport. He uh, did a little work for NASCAR on some big crew stuff. So it's, it's a family sport for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I know it was for Angie and then Lauren. I know your brother does some things as well. So... We hear that all the time, don't we? That it's it's started with dad, or it started with mom, or it's a it's a family deal. And it, you know, I tell people there's no sport really like motorsports because you can take your kid to the basketball game, and you might even coach it, but it's not the daughter, the mom. They're not really they're just spectators. So motorsports is the one sport that everybody can have a job, right? We put everybody to work. Yeah, for sure. So, Lauren, tell us a little bit about, I see Midwest Council. Yeah. Tell us about them. lot longer than you've been around yeah absolutely okay Angie tell us about the truck you have what do you do on the truck do you work on the truck or do you are you lucky to have other people that do it for you um, tell us a little bit about about that Yes, it, it has. And I've actually went to New Mexico and watched Angie race, and I sat in the shade, and it was like, I swear, 120 degrees. And, whoo, yeah, I was in the desert. So, yeah, um, I've actually been there and, and, and watched her race. So, Taylor, what about you? Tell us, tell us about your sponsors. Tell us about why you love racing.
Okay. Yeah, I, I hear that over and over. If if there was any one thing that I hear more than anything, it's about the people. It's about the people. And again, no other sport is like that. They're really not. No, no. So tell me this. We're women in a man's, supposedly man's sport. We're changing that. But have you had any issues on or off the track where guys are harassing you? Or why are, why do you think you can race with the men? Anything like that. Taylor? Okay. That's a, that's a good comment. I like that. I like that. Angie, what, what about you? You're a little bit older. No, you know. Um, have you dealt with that or as, as being, you know, these are young girls where people think they can push them around. Whereas when we, they're a little bit older, maybe not so much. Have you had any issues with anybody? I know you can, for sure. Lauren, any any issues like when you travel to the tracks or? Yeah. A lot of that comes from they finally have respected you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe when you first go, they're like leery because they think you're just getting in the car and you don't know anything. And then when you start to prove yourself, they're like, okay, well, she's a pretty good racer. I'm not going to give her any, any hard times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you're determined enough to do what you love, then you're going to find a way to do it. I knew a young gal that was, and I still am amazed. I think she was a senior in high school. Her her dad and her and her sister raced, and he he couldn't go, and they wanted to go, and he said, "Here's the keys. Take the holler." And away they went. And so from there on, you know, they were never intimidated. They drove that holler there. They raced that weekend. And they had friends at the track that were more than happy to help. And so, you know, they, they find a way to do all of that. Yeah. So my last question is if I came up to you and my little girl wanted to race or get involved in racing, what's uh, some advice that you would give her? Taylor. Good advice. Angie? Right. Good. And Lauren. And I guess my, my thoughts too are you've got to have some help. You've got to have family that backs you or some something. You can't just think you're going to go to the track by yourself every weekend. It's not going to happen. So you've got to have a village, you know, to help you with your race team as well. So that would be another another point. So any last thoughts any of you have that you'd like to share? Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to have you here. So this makes my day to meet all of you. Some of you I have written stories about but I haven't met you, and some of you I haven't written stories about yet, but I've known Angie for a couple, three years, so um, it's fun to meet you in person, though. So, all right, well, we're going to hang up for now, and we'll be back in about an hour with some other ladies, so we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Hello, everyone. We're still at PRI, and we have two lovely ladies. I've, I've just been blessed today. I've had so many beautiful women that I decided I can't I, I can't be in the in the video anymore. I'm just going to be behind the camera because I am wearing out and my feet are killing me. And so I actually I think the ladies are enjoying coming to do this so they get to sit for an hour. So that works really good. So I have with me Sandy. Her and her husband run Dirt King's Late Model Series. Got that right? And I have Leah Oaks, and she is a drag racer. And I'm going to let her tell her story 
and as well as Sandy. But um, so first of all, I, I just want you ladies to tell us a little bit about where you live and what you do in the motorsports arena. So Leah, tell us a little bit about what you do and where you live. Um, I live in the DFW area in a tiny little town north of there. No one would know if I said it. So I say DFW area. Um, I grew up in a racing family. Um, my stepdad raised, my brothers raised, and that's kind of just kind of came natural for me. Growing um, so up in a family like that, so that's where that all started. Um, I drive a Lexus. Yeah. <laughs> and we drag race and we travel all over the place, just looking for a place to race that we fit and that we're competitive. Okay, that's good. <laughs> All right, Sandy, tell us about what you and your husband are up to. Sure, so um, we live in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, we own and operate a dirt weight model series um, that so far just races in Wisconsin. This is going to be our fourth year in 2020. Um, and we kind of are building each year organically. Right. So I met you last year, I believe, here at PRI. I actually met Leah right before she was in the grudge match at um, at Route 66 in Joliet. So, Leah, what was the grudge match and how did that come about? Um, you know, that was really, that was a lot of fun. Um, I just got a phone call from Jeanette and she said, um, would you be willing to travel to Illinois for grudge race? And I said, sure. Um, we're always up for racing. So, it was a long trip and I really didn't know what I was committing to at that time. I just said, yeah, let's do it. Um, had no idea how big it was going to be, and then you know, get there, and it's the NHRA event, and it's huge. Um, so we had a lot of fun, met a lot of friends. Um, of course, Georgina and I still have a grudge, but we're also friends. Right. So I love her. I interviewed her earlier, and so, yeah, so I wanted to hear your side yeah, of the story. So she, yeah. She's a good lady, um, and I really like her. We, we enjoyed it, and uh, it's a friendly grudge. So right. It's to be continued. I had issues with the final pass. Um, technical difficulties, so we really didn't get to finish it the way we wanted. Um, and neither one of us want to win on a technicality. So, right. to be continued. <laughs> she basically said that. She said, I really didn't want to win that way, and I knew if I backed up, I would give the win to her. And I and she's like, it's a big event, it's NHRA. She's, I really didn't have a choice, but she says, I'd really like to do it over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do it over. Yeah, absolutely. That's good sportsmanship. You know, you want to win right and so we're waiting to hear like when and where that's going to happen right because we don't know yet yeah for sure so sandy what what led you and your husband to start a, a series so i grew up in a racing family my dad raced when i was little and i helped him in the shop changing engines and eventually that involved in you know doing technical inspection at racetracks in wisconsin and midwest and then i met my husband um, for the nascar remake challenge series Okay, so about how many cars would you say you have, like, at a typical race? So, through three seasons, we 
averaged 26 cars. Wow, that's good. Yeah. We had as many as 39, but, you know, a full field is better because we don't like sending anyone to No, that's true. And so how far away from where you're racing do these cars come from? Okay. Most of our drivers are in Right, because you're not far from that Illinois border. Okay. All right. That's that sounds amazing. And you're going to go ahead. You've got another year coming forward. Do you have any new plans or any new places you're going to race this year? Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So, Leah, where where do you go? Where where's all the places you go to travel to to race? Um, we go to Georgia uh, for the DuckX Promotions uh, event. It's uh, Lights Out in February, and No Mercy is in October. Um, we plan to hit I think LSS this year in Kentucky. Um, Outlaw Street for Absolutely. And that, you know, traveling, I love to travel. So, you know, that, that's part of the fun. I, And you could be sitting at home doing nothing. And why? Why would you want to do that when you could be doing what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. So how, how many people travel with you when you go? for people to travel and do that that you know they're giving up family time and, and everything too but obviously they love it or they wouldn't be doing it so do you and your husband work a full-time job Okay. Um, so it's we you're busy. We're yeah. Busy. Our busy race season is also his busiest time and my busiest time. Right. So we travel, we work while we're on the road, and we just make the best of us. My best friend is a realtor in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and it never failed. We used to travel a lot together doing, uh, we both have a send-out cards business as well. So we traveled a lot together, and it would never fail. We would go on a trip, and she'd get a call. Oh, we want... We want to buy this house. We want to do this. We, 
And so luckily her husband didn't always travel with us and he would take care of it. But I, I just told her, well, things get slow. Let's plan a trip, right? And go. And then it'll all explode. It all breaks loose, right, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Sandy, tell me a little bit about, like, a little bit more about your late model tour. Like, how, you know, there, what kind of cars? I mean, late model, I get it, but... You know, every track kind of has a different design name for that. So I'm sure you have a set of rules for your series. Um, do you want to explain a little bit more about that? Okay. Well, that's nice because some of the tracks around where I live they all have different rules and you couldn't go 15 miles away and race where now they're starting to figure that out and they're starting to be much better about being you know consistent so that you can race here friday night and here saturday night but um yeah finally finally people are getting that it benefits everybody right yeah ab absolutely so then um do you, you run for points and then at the end of the season you probably have a banquet yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's nice because people do have a life besides racing, don't they? Yeah, I mean, we don't think about it, but you know. Yeah, we we just think that this is all there is, but that's not true. Not true. So if you had a mom come up to you, Leah, with a little girl that wants to get in the junior dragster, what's your advice? Right. Yeah. And I know you have a daughter. So she's not into racing, though, is she really? Well, you know, she's got two people sharing it, so I can I can see that. So what would you say to a mom if they wanted to their their daughter wanted to start racing? Right, and don't don't let anybody squash your dreams, right? Yeah, there's plenty of people out there that would be encouraging to a young gal. So she just got to find those people, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I boy, can I? Because I have a lot of contacts. It's just every time we do an event or whatever, I just meet more and more amazing people. So I, I do sometimes say I'm a connector of people because I I want to hook you up with that person and you can help each other. So that's that's been the fun part. Um, any Anything I haven't asked you about that you'd like to share about your team, yourself, your family. You want to thank anybody? Tell us how can we follow you to find out your schedule. Anything like that, Leah? I would tell you, I would thank my sponsors, but I have a lot of them. Okay, so we'll just do like this, and then you don't have to read it. Okay.
Okay. There's a lot of them. Now tell us why it's Led Sled Leah. What kind of car do you drive? A station wagon. Yeah. So it's called Led Sled. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. So go ahead, finish. Yep. So Led Sled Leah on Facebook and Instagram. I'm very active on social media, posting my schedule. And then even next year, t shirt giveaways and things like that all the time. Especially now for the holidays, we're doing a giveaway every month. So get ready to do a big giveaway. Okay. Cool. So they should get on and start following you. All right. And Sandy, what about your series? How can so we're on Facebook, Dirt Kings Tour. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, very good. So is your schedule out yet or not yet? In a couple weeks, her schedule will be out, and Leah's probably going to have a schedule out very soon. So you can follow Dirt King's Late Model Series. You can follow Leah Drag Racing. Any of the ladies we've had today, if you want to follow them and you can't figure out how, get a hold of me, and, and I'll connect you to them because the more we get the word out about these women, the better. That's what we're here for. So, Well, thanks, ladies, for taking time. I know that I allowed you to rest your feet a little bit. So um, they're going to be here. Um, if you want to stop by and say hi to them, um, Leah's got some cards that she could sign for you if you want or whatever, and we'll be back tomorrow, I believe, I think is our next ones. I'm not sure. I'm so confused. So anyway, I'm tired. It's day two. It's been a long day, and we've got one more day to do it, so I'm going to have to rest tonight. But um, So we'll talk to you tomorrow, and have a good, have a good evening, and thanks, ladies. So it's the 3 o'clock hour. Actually, we're a little bit early, so that's even better. It's the 3 o'clock hour for our interviews and our Facebook Lives. And this beautiful young woman here is Julie Natus, and she is an amazing, amazing race car driver. And I'm going to let her tell you her story, how she got started. And she's had a really successful year this year. Um, racing with the Randy Meyer team and I know they've been privileged to have her on board and we're honored to have her with us so Julie welcome and so Julie why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about where you're originally from and how you got started in racing so I'm originally from Norway um, I moved to California four and a half years ago um, for school but also you know trying to go racing here with NHRA Right. So I decided drag racing because it's been part of my whole life. Yeah. Always been a dream and goal to come over here and race. So, yeah. And so <clears throat> that goal has come true, and you, you had a very successful year. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the things that you won? And I know that you were in like series for points and that type of thing. So, why don't you explain that a little bit and, and how you did and how that works? Okay. So, this year I did 17 races. Um, Mostly, it was mostly me and Megan doing the full season, the full series. 
Vegas, and then Rachel, she's driving part-time, and then we had Matt Sackman, he won a couple of races, Cameron Caruso, all great drivers, um, but for me, I ended up number four in the World Championship, which is the best I've done before. Yeah. And then I won the regional race. Yeah. I got, I won my first national event in football this year, which it was tears out, I cried, it was ugly crying, yeah. It was a lot of fun. So Emotional, but in a good way. In a good way, yes. Finally got that.
Good morning, Facebook family. So it is day three of the PRI show in Indianapolis. And I have two very wonderful, smiling ladies this morning. They actually beat me to the booth this morning. The traffic was a little bit um, congested, should we say. So we have Danielle and Roxanne. They're going to tell us their story about how they got involved in racing and what they're passionate about right now. Uh, Roxanne has a, an excellent um, cause that she's going to share with us that hopefully some of you can get involved with. So good morning to Danielle and Roxanne. Um, so Danielle, why don't you start? I'm going to ask you kind of where you're from and how you got involved in racing. So that's a, that's a very familiar way of how, how you get started. So Roxanne, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in racing? Awesome. That's a great cause to be racing for, for sure. So, Danielle, um, what's, the, what's the thing you like most about being a race car driver? It is a lot of fun. And Roxanne, do you actually drive a race car or are you more behind the scenes helping? I'm more behind the scenes. Okay. Okay, so why don't you elaborate a little bit more on how people can get involved or where they can find you and what exactly are you, you know, what more details, I guess, is what I'm looking for. Okay, very good. And so Facebook is the best place to find that, and it's under Racing for Autism on Facebook. Okay, very good. So, Danielle, where will you be racing this year? Okay, very good. So not this last summer, but the summer before, I was actually at Grundy County. 
I did kind of a road trip over Memorial Day weekend. So I hit Grundy County one night, Sycamore Speedway once, and then I drove over to Iowa and went to 34 uh, race, it's called 34 Raceway in West Burlington, Iowa. So it was a road trip racing weekend and it was just me, but I had a lot of fun. And there, you have a lot of women that race at your track, don't you? Why don't you talk about that a little bit? It is a group. I, I met a lot of those ladies when I was there, and it, it is a really good group of ladies. Yeah, absolutely. So, Roxanne, you said you do a couple fundraisers a year. Is that something that somebody that doesn't live close can be involved in? Are they like any online kind of fundraising where people could help? Absolutely. I, that's, that's awesome. So I'm so happy to see those kinds of things going on in racing. You have to have a passion for it, don't you, Roxanne? And then you find a way to share that with people who maybe you don't even know they're going through that or they have a niece or nephew or somebody in their family that has that. And maybe racing is just the answer for that person. Okay. Okay. And they also have a lot of information about our costs. Okay, very good. So you're getting the word out, aren't you? All right, awesome. So Danielle, have you have you encountered this was a topic yesterday, so I'm gonna ask you too. Have you encountered in your racing career any struggles with the male species? Um, we were we just got on the topic yesterday because I had a young gal who who was having quite some issues. Um, what have you encountered as a race car driver? Yeah, it, it is, and I. most of the gals yesterday said that they think once you start racing and you get that respect from people, that then you don't really have that anymore, and uh, so I think it's going away slowly, um, you know, and you do have to earn that respect, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
Right, for sure. So do you have any marketing partners that you'd like to mention? Okay. Yeah. Usually the parents are part of it, depending on your age. And so, um, but we always want to get those names out there so that they know you appreciate them. And I know you do. So, yeah. So how can we follow you if we want to see where you're racing or how you're doing? Yeah, it is a great racetrack, and the people there are so welcoming and friendly, so if you want to try out a new place to race, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the track, dirt, asphalt, a little bit about it so people know. Morris, Illinois, so not that far. It's a, it's actually a, a great place to go, so you should, uh, I, I encourage anybody that wants to try somewhere new to, to go there. So any last thoughts from either one of you? Roxanne? Okay, very good. And Danielle? Okay, very good. Well, we're going to let these ladies sign some autographs. So if you're at PRI and you would like to stop by our booth, 7199, we're right across from the Pit Stop Cafe. Stop by. They're going to have some autograph cards here. We have some from the ladies that were here yesterday, and we'd love to have you stop by and see us. So it's day three, people. It's going to be busy today, but it's going to be over at 4 o'clock. So you need to get out here and come check out our booth. Thank you, guys. This is our second group of ladies today. It's PRI, day three, Saturday, December 14th. And I know two of these ladies a little better, the, the uh, motorcycle racers here, Jeanette Thornley and Andy Rawlings, because I am a motorcycle gal and I have my motorcycle license, but you would never catch me doing what these guys do, ever, ever. And, um, and then I have Holly Clark with us as well. So uh, just want to welcome them to our booth. We're doing autograph sessions today here. Um, another one right after this. And then we're going to be done for the day. So stop by and say hi. Sign up for a membership while you're here because we have some exciting things that we want to do this year. And the memberships are what are going to allow us to move forward and do some big things for women in motorsports. So first we're going to talk to these ladies and we're going to find out where they're from and what kind of racing they do and how they got started. So Holly, we're going to start with you. Uh, 
great year for us. And then we were at Indy and we heard about this Junior Late Model Challenge Camp. And so we applied and we made the top 12 out of about 400 applicants, which was an honor. And that's what really got me started. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. And and how old are you, Holly? I won't ask you guys, I promise. <laughs> but uh, she's 13. Okay, awesome. So this is my friend Jeanette. Jeanette, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started racing. Hey, Melinda. Um, so everyone out there, hello. So I am a little bit older than Holly yeah. here. Oh, you're welcome. I love I love helping you ladies because I'm a motorcycle. You know, my email used to be biker mama. So, <laughs> Andy, tell us about yourself and how you got started. Good morning. I'm Andy Rawlings. Um, I am clearly older than beautiful little Molly here. Um, just to give a little background, we're family-owned um, team. We race together, and my our baby is 16. Oh. My daughter is 16. She just turned up. Oh dear. Um, did not even get the lights, didn't get brake lights. I realized that was my one to get out of jail free card. So when I got back to the office, um, still on lunch break, thinking, gosh, I could have been in jail. And yeah. the kids are out of school, and mom's in jail. So I started the Cooper outlet really quick. Um, so, you know, you start researching and looking to see what's around Wyoming. Um, actually, has nothing right now. Yeah. They're one track, finally did close. So um, I owned an auto repair shop, and one of the guys that dropped his truck off on a Friday night and was drinking beer said, hey, we race our Camaros out at Sturgis, um, Sturgis, South Dakota, for those that don't know. <laughs> and I started doing research and realized, wow, like the motorcycle rally has the Harleys. I have a Harley street bike. I'm, I'm going to do this. So 
that's what really started it. Just taking the street bike and racket racing it and outgrowing that and getting faster bikes and eventually lose your mind and want to go run a pro stock motorcycle. And, <laughs> and you don't you don't have to worry about traffic. You don't have to worry about semis T-phoning you. You don't have to worry about red lights. People on their phones. <laughs> so really, we got rid of our street bikes altogether. We don't have one currently. And we race full time. Um, I started out Awesome. Florida is a great place to have a bike because you can ride almost year round, probably. Um, I would say it's a great place to have a race bike. Okay. Street bike? So, um, Not so much. It's rough. it's rough. Okay. All right. Very good. So, so Holly, tell us a little bit about, um, like, you're a young gal at a track. And we've, we've kind of had this conversation this weekend that was brought up about the guys at the track, you know. Are they encouraging? Were they not so encouraging when you first started and now that's changed? How did they feel about you being so successful? Issues or not issues? Um, in Madera, everyone is very encouraging. They really like uh, the kids. I learned lessons. Everyone there is very Okay. Um, in the beginning years, not all the boys were happy if they were getting beat by a girl, but um, and the dads weren't happy at all. But probably the dads were more upset than the than the kids. Just about, yeah. I would, yeah, I would say so. They came around, and you know, we're good friends with a lot of people at the track. Everyone there is very nice. In Colorado, um, there's not a lot of like model racing, but in Puerto Rico. Okay. The entire nation, who just love females being dominate, being dominant in a male-dominated field, and just everyone there is great. Okay, good. Now you ladies started racing, and and I'm not being cruel about your age, but you started racing when there were not hardly any women racing. Would that be correct? Actually, I I started racing very late in life. Okay. In midlife. Okay. <laughs> For most, so I was in my Okay. So have you had any issues with people or with men or guys thinking you don't belong in motorcycle racing? I know for me, I, it's a category that historically has not had a lot of women in it, period. Um, nitromethane is, you know, there's very few ladies that even run in the cars, let alone a motorcycle. Right. So, um, yes, it was, it was tough at first. Um, there were folks that had said, you know, you don't belong in the fuel class of motorcycle racing. And, you know, now moving into the new category is another, you know... Um, breaking the ice again. Breaking the ice again, another historical event that, um, again, it's it's a tough sport. I mean, it's a thousand pound, you know, beast. No matter who you are, it is. Exactly. So, um, you know, thousand pound, thousand horsepower motorcycle that, um, you know, at my height and my build, you know, I'm probably a little more set up for success as a female, whereas, you know, Andy, at, in her size, um, I think she could ride my carburetor bike, but, you know what I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a beast to manage. Right. So, um, but yes, it's, I think I've earned the respect. I think so, yeah. Uh, there's still a few that, 
maybe would prefer not to see me out there, but because I'm a fighter, I'm determined. You know? Yeah. And I come to the racetrack to win like everybody else does. Right. They said that yesterday, too, that once they raced a while and got that respect, then things changed. But it seems like the women have to earn that a little more where the men show up and are, it's automatic, kind of. Yeah. So, Andy, what about you? So, I kind of feel like some of the industry in a whole still kind of has that, what should we say, 1962 feel about it, mm -hmm. where women are expected to, you know, just be over here. Um, it, it's part of it. it. They don't want to be beat by a girl. Um, so they don't really want you to learn. Yeah. So when you do earn that respect and they realize you're not going to go away, they don't have a chance. Right. So when I when I did the street bike and the bracket racing in South Dakota, I, I had a really good support group. That's what really got me from the street bike to the faster bikes to whatever it was I needed to do. But there were still a couple guys that they taught me what racing could really be like. Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to double bull view. Um, it got as bad as you, they knew I had my street bike in neutral just sitting there waiting to go and they come up and ram the back of me and try to get me out of my zone so they could beat me and I thought man that's all you got right that's all you got mm -hmm. like okay just get focused and make a good pass and we'll see what's out there so the first year we ran just bracket we were runner up we're run up to the guy that's been a champion for 10 years yeah so I I realized like if you just stay focused and do your job it doesn't matter Drag racing. I don't know how everybody else feels, but it's just me and my bike. It's just me and the next best pass we can make. Um, and when that comes together, that's when you win rounds. So that's why I try to stay focused because some people don't want you out there. No, of course not. I'm going to encourage you, whether they're female or male, it doesn't really matter. Right. You just have to stick with it. We've, we've had our struggles with our chassis and, and our program, and, and we're making it work. So yeah. It yeah. It is sometimes. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the fact that, you know, you, you said well, you had a couple guys, and but they come around eventually because they have to. I mean, they don't have to, but it's like, what good does it do them so to I not? Gotta, I got to tell a fun story. Okay. The Buffalo Chip out in Sturgis, mm -hmm. um, they, they used uh, the opportunity of me racing as a local girl to do a series of articles to, to reach out to people so that they could get into the female racing mind. Okay. So I wrote some short story so to speak and it wasn't just like a six second pass it was like what happened in that six second pass and I really got an opportunity to share my story in a different way because I realized there was a lot of females in that group marketing group even that had never been on a bike yeah they're in the motorcycle industry and they don't even know what it's like to ride bike period so um, I wrote the tale of me and my arch nemesis and I that's how I referred to him throughout that. The guy that would pick at me, the guy that would yeah. throw red light, the guy that started picking at my kids even when our kids were racing together. Mm -hmm. And he was the very first person when they put it on Facebook um, to go out and party. And I thought, oh, let's see what he has to say. And he was appalled that I called him that, but realized how quickly his behavior really had been. And he says, I don't know who this guy is. He seems like a real jerk. Whoa. Kudos to you for learning something from him. Because he didn't want to admit that he was that guy. Right. But he did. That's cool. That's and a cool story. The respect I, I was looking for, I guess. I really wasn't looking for it, but. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So, a question. What do you think about when you're at the starting, you know, like when the race is starting and you're going around waiting for the green flag, what are you thinking about? have to anticipate what the other people are going to do. That's the hardest part for that because you you never know for sure, right? Yeah. Really young, she says. It's not. It's not easy. Yeah. So do you have any race day routines? Do you always eat the same thing, wear the same thing? Okay. Jeanette, what about you? You're you're coming up to the starting line. You've got your arch nemesis next to you, and what's what's your like? What's your routine during the day to get your mind ready to go? And what are you thinking at the at, right before you take off the starting line? Well, if my husband has his tune plan and is not running around as a screwdriver and, and you know making me a little more anxious, um, you know I, I, I typically you know come up to not quite the burnout box, but kind of stand back. Um, you know, in straight line racing, you know, as Andy can attest to, you know, finding your target at the end of the track is really what you're looking for. Um, these motorcycles, you know, are similar to street riding, you look, you go where you look. Right. You know, so, um, I really am focusing on what is that point, my target point. Um, you know, I have my routine after eight years. I still make mistakes, but I really try. Um, I do have that routine of, um, I say multiple prayers before I get on that uh, bomb, because that is what it is, is a Out of my fuel, um, pull, pull the ball out of my carburetor, um, 
then I go over to the side where my husband is in the starter cart, place that down, I grab my fuel can, which is what I use to start it with, give him a hug, he says I love you, um, I go back to my side and, you know, we, we double check plugs, make sure the, the spark plug fires um, mm -hmm. on and all. But, um, I'm thankful that I've, you know, if anybody tells you they don't get nervous, I, I think they've lost respect for what they do, and that, that ne isn't necessarily a good thing. No, I would think that would be dangerous. Yeah, I, so I am at a place where I'm confident in my skill set, and I know what I'm doing, but I still get nervous. Yeah. You know, so, which, you know, again, I try to release through, you know, talking to my, my higher power and, and being... So staying in my focus, and you know that arch nemesis, you know, they exist, but really in drag racing, you're racing against yourself. True. And, and you know, if you run your race, and you have a good tune, you know, you're going to you're gonna be consistent in your right. own races. Um, so, you know, really, I, I try not to focus on what they're doing and the games they play and, and all that stuff. It's like, if I just, if I do what I know what I'm capable of doing, right. I, I usually... Yeah. Andy, what do you got to say? First of all, I have to say, that's a lot to think about. Yeah. For you, like, for us, it's just our thing. And we have one other person, and we know they're not going to be at playing. We don't have to worry about their moves. You guys are yeah, so, wow. Like, talk about overwhelming, first of all. Mm -hmm. That's incredible to hear from a 13 year old. That's a lot. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of going to take some advice from my fellow racers and say, gosh, that's one thing I'm not going to let anybody get into. That's my my little space. And um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I've got some things that I do, and that's what I do. Um, one big thing I can tell you, though, is there's a reason we practice. There's a reason we go to the tracks. There's a reason we go. The repetitiveness, just getting a good solid, whatever it is you need to do now, that makes it easier if you do it over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing like that seat time, whether it's practice or whatever, is there? Yeah. If you respect the practice time as though it's race day, if there's no difference. And right. Exactly. So I'm going to ask each one of you how we can follow you or the people that are watching. How can they follow you? Where are you going to be racing or or um, about your, you know, you've gone to the races. I know you all post things about your successes. So... How can people follow you, Andy? Um, so we're on social media, Fast Andy Racing, Andy Rawlings. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can also follow Osborne's page. They'll use them for us this year. They're going to come on board again. Also, Twitch Brewery. I'm so excited about that. You can also watch Fox Sports 1 and watch the NHRA Drag Racing Series. And whenever there's either Pro Stock Pipes or Tokyo Harleys, we get to share together. So there's lots of ways to find us. Yeah, there, there really is. And NHRA is on Fox Sports often. You won't have any trouble finding when it's going to be playing. So, yeah. All right. Jeanette, how do we keep track of you? So, I also am Facebook, Instagram, Jeanette Thornley DCR, which is Dream Chaser Racing. Um, I do have a website. It's Dream Chaser Racing. It's R-A-C-I-N.com. 
um, for my website. It does have my full schedule on there, but we will be participating in the NHRA Melio series top Carly categories. We have 10 events scheduled. Um, it is likely we'll add some uh, oddball uh, racing with AHDRA when they're in close vicinity of um, of our home, which is Statesville, North Carolina. Um, and, you know, keep our costs down, but we, uh, we'll be out there. We'll be visible. Yeah, Jeanette's very visible on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, so won't have any trouble finding her if you're looking for her. And Holly, how can we keep track of you? So I am on Instagram, Holly Clark Racing. I'm on Facebook, Holly Clark. You can also find my website, www.hollyclarkracing.com. And if you have Map TV, um, my races are televised on Thursday nights. Um, so Lots of, lots of places to find you as well. Actually, I, my television provider, because I live in the country, my television provider used to provide MAV-TV, and my husband was always gone on Thursday night, so guess what I was doing? And we had some issues. We live in the country, so we switched to um, the other provider, and they don't have MAV-TV. And so I actually said to my husband, uh, this has got to go. we got to go back. We got to go back. Yeah, we got to move too. Okay, so that's an interesting because I, I bought a 28-foot camper to go to the racetracks and my husband's not on board quite yet, 100%. And I said, you know, I really, the camper's for you. I'm going to get up early and go and do my thing. You can sleep late. You can cook breakfast. You can lay on the couch and watch the races. You don't even have to get out. And he just kind of looked at me like, yeah, nice try. <laughs> But um, we're going to be doing some some traveling with that camper this this summer to some tracks, so that's going to be fun. But yeah, I'd sell my house and and just live like a what would that be a nomad or something? I don't know, a gypsy. Yeah, I would totally do that in a heartbeat. So anyway, well, ladies, I I got to back up so I can get all of you in the camera. I so much appreciate you taking time with me today to be here in our booth and to share your story with not just me but the people that are listening so um best of luck to all of you you know i'm going to be watching what's going on and um anytime i can do anything to help or spread the word you know how to get a hold of me so thanks again for being here and go enjoy the rest of the show and we'll all head home and celebrate christmas how about that all right so good morning everyone it's melinda again at the pri show day three and guess what these are my last three ladies for my interviews i've had a great time this weekend talking to gals that i'd never met before hearing their stories and just just so much fun it turns out i do know a couple of these gals pretty good but hannah's hannah's new so we're going to hear from hannah she's a driver um but we're going to get started uh going to start with Bree. She's on the left. Liz is in the middle. Hannah's to the right. We're going to find out where they live, what they do, and how they got started in the motorsports field. So, Bree, we're going to start with you. Okay. So, my story is I was a college athlete, and um, NASCAR Driver Diversity Initiative was looking to recruit former college athletes into member members. Um, so, I went out for it, and I moved out to Charlotte to train, and three years later, I'm 
Right. And so what do you do? What's your what's your job in I racing? I'm a tire changer, so I change the rear tires when in NASCAR when we come in Okay. So she's a tire changer. How much does one of those tires weigh? 60, 65 pounds. Yeah, 60 or 65 pounds, and she throws them around like they're nothing. All right, Liz, tell us about yourself. I'm Liz. I'm a tire specialist in NASCAR. I've been doing it for about eight years, and my job is anything involving the tires. So I do all the stagger, the pressure, the rollout, like I said, I deal with the cheap, keep these happy, make sure the tires go in the right place on the car, make sure my kicker gets tires really that's important, right? We saw that at the last cup race. Yeah. And when, and where did you originally live and where do you live now? I grew up in Lake Tahoe, California. And when I turned 18, I moved 2,200 miles away to Charlotte, North Carolina. And that's where I've been for the past 12 and a half years. So she left her family behind at the age of 18. Not because she wasn't happy with her family, but because she had a goal and she knew what she wanted to do, and she went for it. And now she's a tire specialist for NASCAR, so pretty cool. Hannah, tell us about yourself. All right, so I actually got into racing through my dad. My dad used to race motorcycles, and when I was born, so I wanted to get into racing after a few years. And my dad decided no motorcycles because they were very, very dangerous. So I got into go-karts, and I was that for about 10 years. Very cool. Very cool. And how old are you, Hannah? 19. So still very young. All right. So, Bree, what do you like most about your job? Um, I think just the atmosphere of being out of the track and like the people and the camaraderie and just still being a part of a team. Um, just all my life is Yeah, everything goes on at the track. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because there's so much excitement and, and adrenaline and everything that's in the air. And I always tell people, if you've never been to, especially like a NASCAR race or a big race, you need to go and experience it. You can't get that from television. Oh, yeah, no, totally different. Totally different. Yeah, absolutely. So, Liz, I'm going to ask you a little bit about not only your education what you know i know brie went through uh, the diversity program but you know you moved a long way from home what kind of education did you have to have or what did you do to get to be a tire specialist Right. And so a lot of what gives you girls opportunities is not just your skill set and that you're a woman, because that helps. I think they're looking for some diversity on their teams. But um, you, you've worked hard and you've done your homework. You've done what you needed to do to get to where you are. Right. You put in the hours, you put in the schooling and you didn't just start at the top. You worked your way up to get to where you are. So that's important for young girls, especially to know that you didn't just show up one day and you became a tire, rear tire changer. Yeah, it takes time. 
So, so Hannah, do you go to school? Um, is racing your full-time thing or what? It is pretty cool. So what's what's your most favorite thing about being a race car driver? Um, when I drive, I usually get in like this kind of like zone, I would say. Uh, it's like you can almost have to blank out. Like it's like you don't really have thoughts going to your head. But it's like weirdly relaxing, I guess. And I think I, I love that. And then also, like I've met so many awesome people at the racing. So like the team around me and all those people is really, really awesome. Yeah, it truly is. So, so where typically do you race? Are you racing a series? Do you have a home track? Where do you go? Um, yeah, so I race with NASA SoCal. So um, usually it's like Butler, Willis Springs, Chuckwalla, Water Club, those tracks. And then uh, NASA has like national races once a year. So like in 2018, we went to Coda, which was really awesome. So, yeah. Okay, so you do get to travel some. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah somewhat. Okay. So it's off season, ha ha. That's a funny term, isn't it? It's the off season for all of, for supposedly all of us. This is really when I get my busiest. Is the planning for what I'm going to do in 2020? What do you do in the quote unquote off season, Bree? So I thought I was going to like relax, but since Homestead, I've been home maybe like eight days. Um, so I've just still been traveling, but it's been more fun. So, just taking advantage of, you know, doing things I can't usually do. Right. Because during during race season, during the week, what are you doing? So, during the week, it's like track practice, and then we load up and we're off to the track, and then I come back Monday, and it's like my day to rest and get my life together so that I can go do it again. Right, because you, you typically, depending where the tracks are from where you live, you know, you probably work Tuesday, maybe travel on Wednesday or Thursday. Or whatever, and and so there's, you know, it sounds like oh, you just work the weekend. Uh, no, not really. No. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to it. And lots of travel. Yeah. Right. So I've I've seen Liz pretty much every NASCAR track I've gone to the last two years. Um, made friends with her a couple years ago. Did a story about her in the magazine, and um, I I witness what she does. So we were in Chicago a little over a year ago, not in, two, in 2018. It was, what, 110, 115, Liz, every day, four days, and she's working 10, 12-hour days. And so, you know, it's not easy, is it? So tell us a little bit more about your job and, you know, what it takes to do it, how you, how you were um, chosen to, to move up. I know you started low in the trucks, and tell us a little bit about that. Pit crew gets there, they can go straight to pit road and they get glued up and ready for the race. 
Yeah. It's lots of picking up tires, running around like we do. Tire stacks are five high. I'm not a very tall person, so it's usually about a foot over my head. Mm -hmm. And I have to drop them down to my shoulders and run through the garage and not run anyone over, which can sometimes be challenging. Right, right. I've witnessed all of that watching her at the track. And uh, it, it amazes me what, you know, you think that these are going to be all big burly men doing stuff, right? No, it's not happening. It's it's all it's all sizes, shapes, and and um, there are a lot of athletes. That's that's the thing, like Bree and a lot of the NASCAR teams look for athletes because they have a good work ethic. They're usually in shape. They know how to be part of the team. So all those things that you learn as a kid growing up on a baseball team or a football team, whatever, really does pay off in the long run because you've learned all those like life skills, really, is what's happened. So, Liz, what's your favorite part of the job? My favorite part is probably the fans and watching her performance. I love getting to meet all the girls on the track. I have a lot of little girls that come to me and introduce themselves and just are fascinated with what I do because they don't see a lot of girls in the garage. Mm -hmm. Aside from me, there's two other engineers and there's Bree and one of the female tire changer, and that's all that you could see in the garage outside of marketing. Right. So when they come meet me, I usually let them help me. If I'm not busy or not getting to practice, I'll let them mark a tire and I'll kind of show them what I do so they understand that women can do it too. Yeah, Liz has been gracious. She's taken us into the hauler and explained all about everything. And I think the thing that has impressed me the most that she's done is she showed us their toolbox. Oh, my gosh. If you ever get a chance, go into the cup garage and check out the toolboxes. If, if they'll let you get that close, which she was, she, we were with her, so we got to go places other people don't. So that was that was really cool. The other thing about Liz and, and what she and Bree are doing here this weekend is Liz owns a company called Torqued. She makes women's mecha mechanics pants, really. Pants for women that work in the garage. You know, you guys go to Walmart or somewhere and you buy pants in the men's department because there are no work pants for women. And Liz got tired of, she's a little skinny thing, and she got tired of having men's pants gapping here and slopping there. And so she has a line of clothing that has men, or has ladies work pants, and they're amazing. We've been so busy this weekend, I'm going to kind of show you. They're hanging up right there. So why don't you take this time and share a little bit about your company? Our clothing line is called Torque Clothing. You can find us online at TorqueClothing.com. It's T-O-R-Q-D Clothing.com. Right there, it's on our shirt. Find us on Instagram at Torque. Tell us where that is. It's www.torqdclothing.com. Okay. And you can find it under work pants. It says women's pants up at the top, click on the shop link. And we ship typically within two business days. Sometimes longer. If you see something on there that you, isn't in your size, feel free to contact us. We always are able to accommodate everything. And if there's a shirt that you see that might not be in the color you want, always let us know if you want one in a specific race team color to match your car. 
you can usually accommodate that as well. Okay, so it's it's really if you gals are out there watching this, um, really check it out. She's she's reached a lot of women this weekend because um, they're here looking for pants that are comfortable and it's the only place I've seen that does the pants. And so it's, you know, it's a good company to check out. Liz is a great gal. Bree's here helping. So we, Liz put her to work. And so these two gals, and then they've had another lady help too, that have really been uh, sharing with women all weekend. It's been very popular. So I'm proud of you for getting out there and doing that. So Hannah, back to a race car driver. One of the topics this weekend seems to have been um, the maybe not trouble that you've had on on or off the track with guys, but you know, how do they treat you as a girl? Are you just one of the drivers? Uh, has it changed over the times, or um, how's that? How's your experience been with that? Um, I think a lot of times, like people kind of assume things about you when they don't really know you, right? Um, they kind of just look at you and will assume, like, uh, maybe not the greatest. Um, I just find that a lot of times you kind of have to prove yourself a lot more than, like, normally a man would have to. Right. But usually once you, like, prove yourself and you establish that, then it's, like, normally it's pretty normal after that. Yeah. But it's just that, that initial, like, having to prove yourself. Right. So you don't really have a lot of issues anymore then, probably? No, I did a little bit when I was younger, like the go-karts, but not really that much anymore. Yeah. Pretty now. Okay, good. Yeah. And being successful kind of shuts them up a little bit, yeah. too, I think. That's part of it. Yeah, so I'm going to back up so I can get all of you back in the shot. So, um, ladies, last thoughts. Something that you would either, a piece of advice to somebody that wants to get into racing or just some last final thoughts of, about whatever's on your mind. Bree? Yeah, so like going back to like proving yourself, I think that you just have to remember that you, you have to work hard, but then being a woman, you might have to work a little harder to prove yourself. Um, but in the end, I think your hard work will always prevail and uh, get you where you want to go. Good advice. Liz? Always keep your head down and stay Oh, good advice. Love that one. Hannah. Yeah, I would say if you want to, like, get into racing or be, like, a tire specialist, just, like, jump in and do it. Like, just, like, give it your full effort. Just do it. And don't let the fact that, like, it's such a dominated sport or industry make you not want to do it. Just do it. Yeah, and you know where, I mean, you think about 10 years ago where this sport was with women. And how much it's grown just in that short length of time. I'm excited to see what the next 10 years are going to be. I, I'm really excited for my first female crew chief. Honestly, I just, I just think that'd be awesome. There's no female spotters that I'm aware of. Right. And so I always said I could be a spotter because I, I give good directions and I'm pretty calm, you know. And I missed my calling. I think I should have been a spotter. So. Well, ladies, thank you so much. If you want to stop by our booth, 7199. We are um, offering memberships this year to um, help offset the cost. We're going to be doing a lot of events at racetracks this year in 2020. So um, get a membership. Be part of our community. Um, stop and see Liz and Bree about 
torqued. They have great pants, some really cool t-shirts and that. So stop by and see us. And if you're not at PRI and you want to know more about what we're doing, reach out to me. I can hook you up with Liz. And if you want to follow Hannah, Hannah Grisham, she's, uh, she's going to be, I'm sure she's on Facebook. And so follow her and see what she's up to and we'll go from there. So have a great holiday, ladies, and thanks for being here with me.